Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, as always, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this week, once again, for the third time in four weeks, I am... I was all by myself. That's right, folks. I am all by myself. I was thinking of you. All by myself. The tenacious Tyler Dean, um, he is not here this week, taking a yet another one of his quote-unquote vacations, well... His quote-unquote work trips that he calls that he calls work trips, but they're really vacations. He's out there in San Antonio having himself a wonderful time. So I am here recording and uh, taking care of business and making sure that all you guys have some wonderful content. So no thanks to you, Tyler. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Outside Blitz. We are uh, going to get down to business here. I'm pretty excited. Um, not a lot going on in the league this week as far as like news goes, but we do have some exciting games coming up. We've got some scores to go over, and uh, I'm going to get jump. go ahead and get right to it and jump right into it. Here are your scores for Week 5 in the NFL. First and foremost, uh, we already went over it in the last episode because we did record a little late, but the Seahawks did beat the Rams 30-29. to Seahawks holding on in that one. Yet Russell Wilson, um, man, he looked phenomenal. Um, he made that that we, we saw all the news reports about it. The improbable catch that that Tyler Lockett made in the back of the end zone. The improbable throw. Uh, great play by the uh, Seahawks there. The Seahawks come out on top. The Eagles go up on the New York Jets, 31 to six. No surprise there. Luke Falk came in. He was the starter. Um, we we kind of knew that that this whole thing was going to wind up being a mess, and uh, it turned out to be an absolute mess. Falk looked absolutely abysmal in the game, um, just a, a horrible horrible performance. Uh, next up, you got the Panthers beat the Jags 34-27. Uh, Panthers looking good in that game. Christian McCaffrey 237 yards from scrimmage. He ties the single game record. Uh, Great game by the Panthers. They're trying to keep themselves alive. They're now at three and two. The Jaguars dropped to two and three. Um, Surprise! The Panthers are keeping up the way they are, especially with Cam Newton not being there. Uh, kind of an interesting thing. Um, moving over to the basically what was the toilet bowl of the week. The Arizona Cardinals taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cardinals uh, wind up winning that one, 26-23. It was kind of a nail biter. Cliff Kingsbury getting his first win as an NFL head coach. Uh, Cardinals advance to 1-3-1. and uh, Bengals go to 0-5 on the year. Just a, a horrible, horrible time for them. Uh, so, so the uh, Bengals are still winless. Um, moving on, you got the Texans and the Falcons. 53-24, um, to 24, the big story here. Uh, Will Fuller, what a day. This guy put up monster numbers. Um, just I, I can't even describe him. 14 receptions, 217 yards, three touchdowns on the day. It was just such a, a huge performance. And also DeAndre Hopkins had himself a day, seven receptions for 88 yards. Uh, Deshaun Watson breaks 400. He gets five touchdowns through the air. Um, just a scoring frenzy. And we know the Atlanta defense isn't that good, but just to see a team put up 53 points 
Um, just a, a huge number. Um, the Saints go up on the Buccaneers, 31 to 24. The Saints uh, advance to four and one. Buccaneers falling to two and three. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, second Saints quarterback since the uh, NFL merger with 300 plus yards and four touchdowns in a game. Teddy Bridgewater did have himself a game. Uh, you know, really, the the big the big story here on the Bucks side would be Chris Godwin, who looked like an absolute monster in this game. He looked like the only guy getting anything done. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater was just throwing the ball all over the yard. Michael Thomas doing what Michael Thomas does, 182 yards, two touchdowns on the day. you, you got to be impressed with uh, the way that they performed uh, and that Teddy Bridgewater got it done. And that's actually the best performance I think I've seen Teddy Bridgewater have, and that's me knowing that he was on my, my boy's team, the Vikings, here. So, I mean, i I got to tell you, Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty damn good. Um, next up, you got my Vikings against the New York Giants. Dalvin Cook, 218 yards from scrimmage in this game as the Vikings beat the Giants 28-10. to Kirk Cousins looked like a champ, uh, threw the ball very well, got over 300 yards. He had two touchdowns on the day. Adam Thielen came alive, came back to form uh, in a way that he was uh, kind of last year where he was throwing the ball all over the yard. Um, got to say, very impressed with old uh Kirk Cousins on the day. Um, now you got the uh, Raiders and the Bears. The big upset here. The Raiders upset the Bears 24-21. Uh, they hold on at the last minute. The, the Raiders did a great job. The Raiders defense, and they, they, they looked really good in the first half. The, the Bears tried to mount a comeback. Couldn't get it done. Um, and, and the Raiders, they, at, at one point in this game, they were up 17 to nothing. Um, I mean, it just and an outstanding game. I mean, the, the Raiders' rushing game was, was fantastic in this whole um, this whole t- uh, just exchange. And I, I love that that Josh Jacobs was the first running back with 140 plus yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns versus Chicago since 2013, um, which is always a good time. Um, next up, you got the Ravens and the Steelers. Ravens squeak by the Steelers on Justin Tucker's game-winning 46-yard field goal. Uh, Great game for both teams, really. Mason Rudolph wound up getting knocked out of this game from a helmet-to-helmet shot by Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, it turns out, will not be suspended for that hit. But, um, I mean, I think it's just because it's Earl Thomas. Um, It was a filthy, dirty hit. Uh, It shouldn't have happened. I think if Mason Rudolph stayed in this game, the Steelers would have had a much better chance of winning. Um, And and they could have ran away with this one. So, um, shame on Earl Thomas for being a cheap shot artist. Um, but I, I think it's kind of interesting, and I'm just going to bring up the point. Earl Thomas can go out and helmet-to-helmet somebody, and it's okay. But Vontae's perfect does it. He gets suspended for a season. NFL's going to have to start looking at that standard and starting to uh, uh, reassess how, they're, success- how they're, they're suspending people moving forward. Uh, next up, you got the Bills and the Titans. Bills beat the Titans 14-7. Bills move to 4-1 and on the year. Uh, Bills 3-0 on the road to begin the season for the first time since 93. Um, the, the, it was a low-scoring game that Bills' defense has just been stellar, quietly stellar. And I think they're starting to make waves here because people are starting to realize just how darn good that defense is. They hold Marcus Mariota at 183 yards. I, I mean... It was just a great game for the Bills' defense. They only had one receiver on the Titans' offense that that had four receptions, and that was Adam Humphreys. And beyond that, nobody else cleared two. 
on the entire team. Um, I think that's that's worth looking at and worth noting. That Bills defense is is the real deal. You got to see it last year in a couple of games, particularly one against Minnesota. I, I want to see what, what this Bills team is doing. I don't know what it is. And granted, they're not playing anybody incredible. Their one loss does come against the New England Patriots. But I digress. I think this Bills defense could be for real. And I think this Bills team is starting to look like a future big team going forward. Um, next up, you got the Patriots and the Redskins. Patriots dominate the Redskins 33-7. to um, Tom Brady passes for his third most pass yards in NFL history, passing uh, Brett Favre. Um, you know, in the, on the Redskins side, you just have this horrible, horrible situation going on. Um, Colt McCoy came into the game. He only throws for 122. Looks like hell. They couldn't get their running game going. Adrian Peterson led the team in carries. Couldn't get it done. I, I mean, they couldn't get anything going through the air. The Redskins are in deep, deep trouble, and we're going to get into their coaching situation later on. Tom Brady, on the other hand, has a monster game um, going for almost 350 yards. So, I mean, you got to be impressed with Tom Brady and what he's doing. Um, next up, you got the, uh, the Broncos and the Chargers. The Broncos finally get their first win of the year, and it makes you wonder what in the hell is going on with the Chargers. Broncos win this game 20-13. Uh, Vic Fangio getting his first win as a head coach of the Broncos here. And, and Joe Flacco didn't look pretty, but he got the job done. And that's a, a, the big kicker. I think the big story for the Broncos there would be Phillip Lindsay, who had himself a pretty good game. Um, Phillip Rivers, I mean, he has not looked like the Phillip Rivers of last year. And it's amazing to me because we had the Chargers slated as a Super Bowl contender. Both Tyler and myself did, and, and the Chargers have just visibly fallen off this year, and I don't know if they're ever going to come out of the funk. So the, the Chargers drop one to the Broncos that they should have not dropped at all, and uh, the Broncos go to 1-4, and four, Chargers fall to 2-3. and three. Uh, Next up, you got the Packers and the Cowboys. The Packers come out firing. The Cowboys try to mount a comeback, couldn't get it done. Packers win 34-24. Packers move on to 4-1 on the year. Big difference from last year. Cowboys drop to 3-2. Big story on the day was Aaron Jones. He had four rushing touchdowns on the day. Um, Packers get it done. Um, uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers also had himself a big day the way that Aaron Rodgers typically does. Um, it was an impressive performance by the Packers. And, and the Cowboys, I mean, kudos to them for trying to mount the comeback. But they didn't get it done. Um, next up, you got the Colts and the Chiefs. Stunning upset. Chiefs suffer their first loss of the year. The Colts beat the Chiefs 19-13. The Chiefs put up their fewest points in the last 26 games. Chiefs fall to 4-1. Colts move to 3-2. Jacoby Brissett looked pretty damn good in this game. Uh, the Colts' defense looked pretty damn good in this game. Jacoby Brissett, I mean, he... He was a game manager. He got it done just the way he needed to get it done. Marlon Mack was all over the place in this game. And uh, really, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he had himself a good game, but it was not a Patrick Mahomes game, and the receivers were not getting it done. You know it's bad when you're looking down your list of receivers to see who the top receiver is here, and you see Byron Pringle sitting on the top of the list. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, and no rushing game. It was, a, it was relatively non-existent for the Chiefs. So uh, the Chiefs fall to 4-1. and one. Um, I think teams might be starting to figure them out because this is the second game in a row that the Chiefs have had a hard time 
and now it, it resulted in a loss. Um, next up, you got the uh, Browns and the Niners, um, the, and, and this is your, your Monday Night Football game of the week. The Niners just kicked the crap out of the, the Browns. Niners remain undefeated. They're 4-0 for the first time since 1990. The Niners 31-3 over the Browns. Baker Mayfield looking abysmal, under a 50% completion percentage. Um, you know, the, the Niners, uh, we, we were questioning whether or not the Niners were for real, whether or not Jimmy G was for real. Um, and, and the Niners have all kinds of different players stepping up. Um, Jimmy G didn't put up a, a monster game. He really didn't. He put up a very mediocre game. Um, a little, actually, in my opinion, a little less than mediocre. Um, but, you know, if you look around the other players on the field, you had two rushers that you had one that got over 100 yards, and then you had one that was right at the cusp, and it might as well have been 100 yards. And each of them scored. So, I mean, I got to say, the, the Niners... They're, they're a weirdly good team defensively. The Niners have been on fire. Um, you know, they've been, been playing a good in coverage. They got two picks in this game. I, I got to say, the Niners could be back and ready to roll. This could, this could be a, a good 49ers team. Right now, they're leading their division. And uh, things are getting a little hairy over there in the NFC West. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting thing. Um, moving forward. Now, and that's your scores for week five in the NFL. Now, we, we've got some business to get down to. Uh, like I said before, Tyler is not here. He is MIA. Um, so we're going to jump right into uh, his, his favorite segment, not mine, I assure you, but Tyler's favorite segment, and uh, it's one we like to call Tyler's Top Tyler's top ten, and now Tyler's got some. Uh, he made this one difficult. This one was actually a very, very difficult process. It was tough to try and find um, the, you know, the he he he. See what what's good for Tyler is he gets to go out and he gets to snag those top ten players, and I got to go really, 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 really digging for uh, Freytown's forgotten, and and it's it makes for a very difficult process. Now I found my forgotten, but Tyler, I mean. He, he, he always gets the low-hanging fruit. Um, but uh, here's the uh, the top 10. Number 10, he picks up Adam Thielen. Seven receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Big game for Thielen in this game. Um, the Vikings were, were very focused after the Stefan Diggs nonsense to try and get their receivers more involved. Unfortunately, Diggs only had about 44 yards in this game, but Adam Thielen did come alive. Seven receptions, 130. He got in the end zone twice. Uh, Thielen played great ball. He even had one that was a 44-yard gainer. Um, he, he was all over the place, the, and, and Kirk Cousins ran a lot of bootlegs in this game. It was something to really watch, a lot of good play action. I understand it's the Giants. I understand it's it's the Giants who who don't have you know three of their four starting linebackers in the, in the rotation. I get it, but to watch the Vikings come alive in the fashion that they did, to watch the passing game come alive for over 300 yards, and you were getting a lot of different guys that were were um, uh, coming up, Thielen being the most notable, but you had Irv Smith Jr. making catches, you had Kyle Rudolph making catches, you had uh, uh, you know Diggs had had you know three or four in that game, and uh, Delvin Cook was getting catches out of the backfield. You 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 had a lot of good passing stuff going on in this game. Ola BC Johnson, that's another one. He he was actually making some plays with his legs and getting some rack. Um, 
So I, you got to love what they were doing. Um, and, and I'm going to go ahead and, and make a bold prediction while we're talking about this game. Ola B.C. Johnson, he's going to be a monster for the Minnesota Vikings. You give it a couple years, that kid's going to be great. But uh, Adam Thielen, seven receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he is your number 10 on Tyler's top 10. Uh, next up, you got DJ Chark at number nine, eight receptions, 164 yards, two touchdowns. DJ Chark, do, 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 do. he comes alive. Um, you know, we, we haven't heard much from DJ Chark this year. Um, we, have, we haven't really seen him blow up, and this is his first big blow up of the year, and you got to love it. The question becomes, is he going to be an uh, all-pro receiver moving forward? Is this the new number one? And I, I think it's it's kind of telling um, for for the uh, the Jags here that Gardner Mishnu likes to hit him or Minshew rather he likes to hit him a lot, um, and that's good. But at the same time, is DJ Chark able to sustain? And that's going to be the question of the day: Is he going to be able to sustain? Um, his success. Uh, D. Westbrook also had good numbers in that game, but DJ Chark just blew up. So let's see if he remains as the number one and a big playmaker. Uh, number eight, Teddy Bridgewater filling in for Drew Brees, 26 for 34, 314, uh, 478. He got in the end zone four times. Huge game. Huge game. Um, I, I, uh, he, he did have a pick in this game, four touchdowns. He did have a pick, but, uh, 314 yards, not, nothing to sneeze at. Um, you got to like what uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been able to accomplish uh, in the absence of Drew Brees. Drew Brees, um, you know, obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, obviously dealing with that thumb injury. Teddy Bridgewater been filling in and been filling in very well. Um, and I think he's making a case for himself that when Drew Brees' contract is up, because Drew Brees' contract is getting ready to be up here, um, that he can be the starter on this football team and the uh, the Saints can go ahead and save themselves, you know, a good, you know, $25 million. So that, that could spell trouble for the rest of the league. Teddy Bridgewater playing good football right now, though. Um, this is his first blow-up game. Let's see if that continues. Um, number seven, Dalvin Cook, a guy who's been all over the place, 207, or I'm sorry, 218 yards from scrimmage this week against the Giants. Uh, I, I love Dalvin Cook. I love everything that he's doing. I know Tyler likes scrimmage yards. I, I get it. He's a, he's a scrimmage yards kind of guy. Um, but Dalvin Cook, just outside of the scrimmage yardage here, we'll, we'll, he had 132 yards on the ground on 21 carries. He had six receptions for 86 yards, making plays with his legs. Um, I was hoping he would get into the end zone. He didn't get in there, but he did have a ton of production um, as far as yardage goes. 132 yards is nothing to sneeze at on the ground, and he did it on 21 carries, so he had a 6.3 average. It was very, very good um, play by Dalvin Cook. you got to love what the Vikings are doing. That zone run scheme is being successful still, and consistently a guy I want to point out just in, in behind Dalvin Cook is Alexander Madison, who seems to be consistently getting around 50 yards a game um, on, on very minimal carries. I mean, he had seven carries for 52 yards and he had a 7.4 average. So I want to see whether or not Alexander Madison can be that guy. So far, he hasn't had the opportunity, but I, I mean, he is a great accent back to Dalvin Cook right now. Um, next up, number six, Michael Thomas, 11 receptions, 182 yards, two touchdowns. We were talking about it earlier, monster game. Teddy Bridgewater got him the football consistently. Michael Thomas doing what Michael Thomas does. Um, I, I want to see how much the success of 
you know, Teddy Bridgewater is is um, inherent from uh, Michael Thomas. So that, that'll be the question of the day there. But Michael Thomas getting it done, looking like that all-pro receiver that he is. I, I love Michael Thomas, even though he plays for one of my least favorite teams. I love Michael Thomas and the way he plays. I love the fact that he's exploded the way he has. Um, kudos to him for getting it done. Number five, Amari Cooper. Getting it done even in the loss. He did his job. 11 receptions, a whopping 226 yards and a touchdown. Um, Amari Cooper, since coming to Dallas, has been one of the best receivers. You remember he fell off in Oakland for a while. Every thought, everyone thought he was trending toward a, a decent number two, but kind of a bust because he was taken in the first round. Amari Cooper has come alive in Dallas again. Dak Prescott getting him the football effectively. Amari Cooper looks good in Dallas, and, and it, it's a... Um, it's a system that plays to his strengths. He's still a big-bodied guy. He's got good hands. He's a playmaker. I like Amari Cooper. 11 receptions, 226, and a touchdown. Looking good over there at number five. Uh, number four, Aaron Jones in that same game, 182 yards from scrimmage, four touchdowns on the day. Aaron Jones has weirdly, and I'm going to say weirdly, become just a, a touchdown machine. Uh, you remember in, in years past, that uh, um, you, you, it always used to be, you know, Todd Gurley getting in the end zone like crazy. I mean, Aaron Jones, 107 yards on the ground, four touchdowns on the ground. He still had seven receptions, led the team in receiving seven receptions for 75 yards in this game. The guy has become a huge focal point of the Packers' offense, and he has become a huge focal point for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, teams are having trouble containing this guy for whatever reason, and teams are having trouble keep, keeping him out of the end zone. He's a downhill bruiser type of back. He's not going to get you 200 yards rushing, but what he is going to do is he's going to be a playmaker. He's going to be bruising and pounding. It's like body blows. You know, he's going to be bruising and pounding these, these, uh, 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 opposing defenses into the ground. Um, with that that physical run style, he likes to lower his shoulder and get right in there. I like Aaron Jones, even though he plays for a rival team. I hate his guts, but I love the the way he runs the football. Uh, 182 yards from scrimmage, four touchdowns. Damn good day. But number three has to go to Will Fuller. He has 14 receptions, 217 yards, three touchdowns. Um, since coming off the injury last year, Will Fuller has had himself quite the season um, so far. He is, I, I would dare say, he's out-dueling um, DeAndre Hopkins right now as the, the number one receiver in Houston. Um, Houston puts up the win, but it's on the back of, of Will Fuller getting those passes from uh, from Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, 14 receptions, 217, 217 yards, that's a huge day. Um, and then he gets in the end zone three times. Big day for Will Fuller. Gotta love it. Uh, number two, a guy who has been consistently... On this list right now, leading the MVP voting, Christian McCaffrey, 237 yards from scrimmage, three touchdowns on the day. Christian McCaffrey getting it done in the through the air, getting it done on the ground. We knew he was kind of a um, one of those backs that uh, was a dual threat when he got drafted. They were talking about how he would be more so of a change of pace back. Well, he proved that he's not just a change of pace back this past week. 19 carries, 176 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. He had the six receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown through the air. Uh, I guess my questions start to become, is this team the Christian McCaffrey show? Or is this team 
a team that knows how to get it done. I want to see if Christian McCaffrey goes down or if he sits out for a game, if the Panthers are the same football team. And I want to see if Kyle Allen is that same quarterback. Um, McCaffrey is is a good ball player, obviously. The Panthers have, have started really especially last year he was good. Um, this year they've really catered to his strengths to make him great. Um, and, and he has played tremendously this season. Gotta love what he's doing. Christian McCaffrey winds up as number two. And number one on the list, Deshaun Watson, 28 for 33, a whopping 426 yards, five touchdowns. Um, we were talking about Deshaun Watson last year as, as though he was just a, a king of the universe. And there were games where, where he would have great games and then he would fall off. And he's had a couple of those types of situations this year. But if you look at Deshaun Watson right now, 426, five touchdowns coming out hot, understanding it's the Atlanta Falcons defense, so I'm not going to lose my mind about it because the Falcons defense is nothing to write home about. But at the same time, Deshaun Watson came out and got it done. He was very, very accurate on the day. Uh, 28 for 33, he only had five errant passes for the day. Um, Got to love what Deshaun Watson's doing, and he, and he winds up as your number one on uh, Tyler's top 10 this week. Now we're going to get into here um, another nice little segment, and it's one of my favorite segments of the day. We're going to call it Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five. And and we're going to have some fun with this one because uh, I saw some cool little uh, uh, numbers and cool little things that um, I, I wanted to talk about, and there are certain there are certain players that that we uncommonly talk about in the forgotten five and forgetful five, and and uncommon things that we we talk about. And I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right into. First of all, I do have an honorable mention this week, and a guy you know I understand it's no points, but it's a guy I want to make mention of. Um, honorable mention goes to Mike Hughes this week, the Minnesota Vikings corner, last year's first round draft pick. Um, he had two near interceptions on the day. Um, Xavier Rhodes at one point was went down. He was being assessed for an injury, um, and he filled in perfectly. Mike Hughes did. He looked like a number one corner. He had three passes defended. He played so well. Um, and and I got to tell you, this guy, I mean, he was diving all over the field. He was trying to ball hawk. I mean, he was getting, coming close. He came close to, to having two picks on the day, and, and both of them wound up hitting the ground as he was coming down. But as the ball was released, he dove to make that play on the ball. He was showing some real effort. Um, a guy that I didn't put a lot of stock in last year and, and it was Mike Hughes, and, and he's absolutely proven uh, so far that he was worth that first round selection. So you gotta love what Mike Hughes is doing. Um, now getting into the actual to- uh, forgotten five. Number five is Gardner Minshew. He had 26 for 44, 374, two touchdowns. For a guy that's a relative unknown to come in and play as well as he has and do things as well as he has, he's got a big game coming up here against a, a very tough Saints team. Um, Minshew has been weirdly calm in the whole situation. And and the more I watch this guy and the more I see him and the more I see his demeanor, the more I can see a franchise quarterback. And the more I can see a guy that's going to wind up becoming an absolute beast in this league. And and Gardner Minshew is, has remained very humble and calm and focused. You got to love what Gardner Minshew's doing. I like what he's doing at the quarterback position. I think he's just a, a, a tremendous player. And I think the Jags may have found their... Um, their diamond in the rough there. 
Uh, number four goes, and, and this is going to be a whopping seven-person number four, the Minnesota Vikings front seven. Um, four sacks, three red zone stands and stops. They had a safety from Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr also had an interception on the day. The front seven was beastly in this game. They were constantly pressuring Daniel Jones all game long. Uh, Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, both were in his face all game long. And when the time came, they, they even had one where the, the Giants got in the red zone and the Vikings came through and uh, stopped them had a penalty in the secondary, the Giants got another shot at it, and the Vikings stopped him on a three and out again, and it was all on the front seven, and it was on the the play of guys like Eric Kendricks, um, batting balls down, and and I mean, I just, I got to tell you, I was so impressed with their, their front seven um, in that game against New York, even though it is, again, it's the Giants, I get it, but that's a Giants team that has some good players on that team. You still, ha- and, and they, were they missing Saquon? Sure, they were missing Saquon, but it doesn't change the fact that they had Sterling Shepard that was being covered by linebackers. It doesn't change the fact that that they had um, uh, Golden Tate being covered by linebackers a lot of times, and those linebackers were still making plays on the ball, including Anthony Barr coming back, coming away with the pick. So you got to love what that Minnesota Vikings front seven was doing. Um, number three goes to Michael Gallup, seven receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Michael Gallup has quietly been good, and and it's. It's tough to be the focal point when you're sitting behind Amari Cooper. I get it. But um, Michael Gallup has been quietly good this entire season. Seven receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, Got to love what he's doing. So uh, Michael Gallup winds up on number three. Number two goes to a, a guy that he's shown up on the Forgotten Five a couple of times. Uh, Tom Brady, 28 for 42. He had 348 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick on the day. Um, which which kind of dropped him down to number two, but uh, Tom Brady getting it done the way that Tom Brady does. I I have a feeling that Tyler just likes to omit Tom Brady from his top ten because he hates Tom Brady. And look, I don't like Tom Brady as much as the next guy, but Tom Brady has been putting up decent numbers this year. He had a couple of rough spots, but ultimately Tom Brady's been playing very well. So Brady winds up as number two on the Forgotten Five, and number one goes to a guy who I think. Uh, People somewhat discount, and and the guy's been very accurate recently, um, and he's been playing really well, and that's Russell Wilson, 17 for 23. He had 268 yards on the day, but he had four touchdowns on the day, um, including that that insane pass to Tyler Lockett. Um, I, I I like Russell Wilson. I thought I think it's amazing that he went out and beat the Rams the way he did, um, always being a thorn in the Rams' side. It's it's something that um, Russell Wilson has become very good at. He's he's an accurate passer, though, and, and that's something that we never thought we would see or hear about uh, when it came to Russell Wilson. We thought he was just the kind of guy that would run, 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 and throw the ball up and hope to God his receivers came down with it. Russell Wilson has become one of the most accurate passers in the league, and uh, he's a scary quarterback. So kudos to Russell Wilson, number one on the uh, Forgotten Five. Now it's time to get into um, Tyler's favorite segment, and, and I know he's he's um, going to be sad that he missed this one, but I'm going to go ahead and and uh, give him his his uh, little rub there. I know he's going to love that if when he's listening to it. Number five on the Freytown's Forgetful Five, our worst performances of the week. Number five goes to the Vikings' Xavier Rhodes. As good as the front seven was, uh, 
Xavier Rhodes played absolutely abysmal against uh, the Giants. He was torched on a touchdown by Darius Slayton. He had uh, several penalties that extended drives, including a horse collar and an illegal contact penalty. Um, he had several blown coverage plays that were given up that extended drives that, that were looking like three and outs. Rhodes did not play well. And uh, we, we heard in the offseason Mike Zimmer say to Xavier Rhodes or say about Xavier Rhodes that he needs to play up to his contract. And uh, in this game, Xavier Rhodes did not play up to his contract. Xavier Rhodes has been very uh, spotty throughout the season. He's been very hit or miss. Here we are. We're getting into uh, week six. And, and, you know, I have questions about whether or not this guy is an actual number one. And I have questions about whether or not the Vikings should be going out and trying to trade for a guy like Jalen Ramsey in, in, you know, the, uh, at the trade deadline. So I have questions about it. But right now, Xavier Rhodes is not playing up to his contract, not doing what he's supposed to be doing, so I'm not impressed. And um, I would uh, hope that uh, Xavier Rhodes would have a bounce-bag game in the upcoming uh, week here. Uh, number four goes to the Atlanta Falcons defense. 52 points given up, 592 yards of offense from scrimmage given up. The Falcons got trounced by the Houston Texans, and, and that's going to be a thorn in the Falcons' side moving forward. The Falcons have notoriously always had a very, very good offense, but their defense has always been abysmal, and it is shown this season. Teams are exposing that. You know you're going to wind up in a high-scoring game most likely with the Falcons, but the thing is, is, is you, you got to... The, the Falcons' defense just can't keep up a lot of times, and that's that's the problem they're running into this year. Uh, they ran into that problem with the Vikings, and, and heaven forbid the Falcons run into a, a top-tier defense like the Vikings' defense uh, like they did in Week 1. Here we are, the Falcons, they ran into a team whose defense is kind of struggling a little bit, but the Texans go out and get it done on offense, putting up that, that whopping 52 points and walking out with the win in that game, the Falcons' defense wind up, winds up as number four on the forgot or forgetful five. Uh, number three goes to Adrian Peterson. Uh, he, he, he led the team in carries. He had seven, but he only had 18 yards on the day, a 2.6 average for Adrian Peterson. Uh, nothing to write home about. Adrian Peterson has not been the same guy. Um, He's come out uh, this week after the firing of Jay Gruden and said he's very excited for Bill Callahan's new system, um, the, the new head coach there. I mean, we'll see if Adrian Peterson can bounce back, but Adrian Peterson has not been the same guy that we saw last year or in years prior. So that that's a joke. Uh, number two goes into the backup quarterback, Luke Falk, 15 for 26, just 120 yards, two picks on the day. Uh, Luke Falk has been on this list since you know Sam Darnold went out with his mono spat there, and Luke Falk has just been bad. He he's just he's a he's a third string quarterback. The fact that that he is not he and and we know he's he's a third string quarterback. Um, he's been playing backup because of Trevor Simeon going down. I believe that's what it was. And uh, here we are, Luke Falk, fifteen for twenty six, hundred twenty yards, two picks, just not anything special. Um, Falk has been horrible, and uh, he winds up as number two. And last but not least, a guy I, you know, so number one on the forgetful five is is kind of, it's one of those situations where Tyler and I are eating, uh, on one end, we're eating a shit burger on it. And the reason I'm going to say we're eating a shit burger on it is because this guy was a guy that we said be at the end of last season that he could wind up being a monster and, and being an all-star and, and, and 
tearing it up, and, and he hasn't. And it's funny because when when he got drafted number one overall, I said that he was going to be garbage. And he looked last season like he was proving me wrong. And it looked like, oh, man, I'm going to eat a crap burger on this one. And then he comes out and this year and he's played like crap. And that's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield winds up as number one on the forgetful five, eight for 22, 100 yards, two interceptions. He had a horrible game, got just trounced. But the kicker about the whole thing when it comes to Baker Mayfield is is we thought, so he gets drafted, we say, oh, this guy's going to suck, and then he comes out and he tears it up last season, and we go, oh, wow, look at Baker Mayfield, he looks amazing. And then he comes out this year and he starts sucking again. So I can't decide whether or not this guy is a bust or whether or not this guy is the real deal. What I can tell you is that Baker Mayfield has been arrogant as all hell when he has no right to be at this juncture in time. Baker Mayfield needs to get it together. So. Baker Mayfield winds up as number one on the forgetful five. Um, horrible, horrible game. I, I mean, the, the Niners just ate him alive. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm not impressed. Not impressed with Baker Mayfield. This is not the same guy that we thought was going to uh, set the world on fire last season. So, or after last season. So, and that's all for uh, Freytown's Forgetful Five. Now, uh, when we get back, there's not a ton of news going on, going on around the league. We're going to jump right into that. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll jump into the news. We'll get into um, some more of, of uh, stuff about the, the top ten Forgotten Five, Forgetful Five stuff, because we got some fun stuff for you with that. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump into our predictions for the week, and uh, we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. I'm Alex Steele, and this is the Outside Blitz Sports Break. And I have a question that's been bothering me. Are the Detroit Lions for real? Well, after last Sunday's nail-biter against the Kansas City Chiefs, it certainly looks like they are. They took one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL to the absolute limit. TJ Hawkinson, their first-round pick, certainly showed some promise after catching his second touchdown pass of the season, and it seems apparent that he's starting to gain traction. We'll see what happens on Monday night against the Packers after recovering from his concussion. Matt Stafford put up decent numbers and had zero interceptions, but he still got sacked four times. That's not on him, that's on his offensive line. In other words, same as usual. What still concerns me is the head coach, Matt Patricia. For the second time this year, it seems, critical clockwork was ground to a screeching halt after yet another baffling timeout. This was during a time where Detroit had a chance to stymie Patrick Mahomes with little to no time to retaliate after a scoring opportunity. And we all know this is true. You give a great NFL quarterback time to formulate and execute a last-minute drive, he's going to find the end zone. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Heck, ask Kyler Murray. 
In the end, however, this game was a team loss, and Kansas City simply proved to be the better team. So are the Lions for real? My answer? Maybe. They have nothing to be ashamed of with this loss, but they better get on the same page and quick, or sooner than later, them same old Lions are going to show up. Trust me, I've been following these guys for 20 years now, and I know mediocrity when it decides to rear its ugly head. I'm Alex Steele. Back to the Outside Blitz with Scotty Freighttown and Tyler Dean. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. And once again, I am all by myself this week. Tyler, vacations upon vacations upon vacations. Um, so Tyler is MIA for uh, this week, but um, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into some news around the league. We're going to be getting to uh, some stuff with uh, with. The, the top 10 forgotten five stuff. Tyler and I have, so Tyler announced last week that he has created a, uh, a spreadsheet for what players are in the forgotten five. We're, we're basically going to be figuring out who is our show's least valuable player and our show's most valuable player. As it stands right now, just so you all know, and, and then we can move on to the, the news here, is, is when it comes to the top 10 right now, uh, Christian McCaffrey actually leads uh, everybody with four points. He, he, we have a pointing system here. Christian McCaffrey has been on that that Tyler's top ten quite a bit. He leads the the league with four points. Next up is Dalvin Cook with three. Patrick Mahomes with two point seven five. Deshaun Watson two point two five. Aaron Jones with two. Chris Godwin with two. Russell Wilson with two. And then you got DJ Chark, John Ross, both with one and a half. You got Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans with 1.25, and Adam Thielen finally getting his feet wet in here. He's got one um, after last week's performance. And then uh, for the forgetful five for our least valuable player, right now Baker Mayfield is leading for the least valuable player in the league right now. Um, he's got three points for the amount of time he's been on the forgetful five. Uh, Josh Rosen, the reigning champion from last year, he is currently... Uh, up there right now. He won by a landslide last season. Uh, Luke Falk is also up there with two. Adrian Peterson, Jameis Winston uh, on the list. Pit the Pittsburgh Steelers in general are on the list. Sony Michelle, Adam Vinatieri, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Joe Mixon, Kirk Cousins is on the list. And uh, believe it or not, our most valuable player right now, the guy leading for the most valuable player, is actually also he also has one point on the uh, forgotten or the forgetful five. He he has one point on there for the least valuable player. Now, granted, this is early in the season. We're only hitting uh, week six here. We're about to go into week six. Um, so because of that, you know, obviously these numbers are going to be skewed in one way or another. But uh, ultimately, uh, that's who is leading. So right now, it's Baker Mayfield for the least valuable player. Christian McCaffrey is leading for the most valuable player. Least valuable player runner-up so far is Josh Rosen and Luke Falk. Most valuable player runner-up right now. The nearest one is Dalvin Cook with three points. So we we still have a pretty close race, but like I said, it's only been five weeks. So we're we're getting into it and we're keeping track here to see who our most and least valuable players will be uh, for this season. Now. Let's get into some news around the league here. We don't have a ton this week, actually. It's, it's a very short list. There wasn't a lot going on in the, in the league. But uh, 
we do have uh, quite a few injuries. We did have a coach firing. Um, we, we had uh, guys getting released. We had a, a signing go on. So, I mean, we, we've got some stuff. And so getting started here, the big news, Jay Gruden gets fired as the Redskins head coach. Bill Callahan is set to take over. Um, they've also announced that, that uh, they're going to be starting Case Keenum against the Dolphins this week. Uh, Adrian Peterson says he's excited for Bill Callahan's uh, um, uh, coaching style. He's, he's uh, excited for his schemes. I mean, good for him. Uh, the, the Redskins are kind of in the crapper right now, so you really don't know what you're going to get. Um, you, you don't know what's going to happen with this Bill Callahan system. We've seen it, it be, these types of things be successful. New head coach comes in. We saw it last season with the Browns. Um, the Browns had a new head coach come in, and kaboom, here we go. We've got the uh, um, you know a, a team that that is looking kind of scary. So, and <clears throat> now we're we're looking at this situation, and you, you've got a new head coach. Can the Redskins turn it around? I don't think they do. I don't think they have the quarterback ability or the quarterback strength to do it. Um, I, I think Dwayne Haskins has proven to be a bust. He's been proven to be a system guy. I don't. I don't think he's successful out of uh, outside of Urban Meyer's system. And um, frankly, I, I just don't buy uh, Dwayne Haskins right now. I and and I and now they got Case Keenum coming in. Case Keenum was set to be the starter at the beginning of the year. Um, I don't buy Case Keenum outside of the the um, Pat Shermer system. So we, we're kind of. Um, in a situation here where where things could get real ugly real quick uh, for the the Redskins, I don't think Bill Callahan will will survive. To be honest with you, I don't think he's going to be. I think he's an interim coach for a reason, but I don't think he's going to wind up being a head coach. I, I think he'll he'll be interviewed. Obviously, I think the Redskins that they're going to be doing the right thing in interviewing. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, I just I I can't buy uh, the whole Bill Callahan thing. I I just can't. Um, and I don't think that they're going to uh, wind up uh, being successful like they believe. Uh, next up, you got the uh, Bucks actually released Dion Buchanan. Uh, Dion Buchanan is is a good linebacker. I was surprised by this release, um, but the Bucks released him uh, because he's had limited playing time. I guess you know, I get it. But Dion Buchanan, I mean, he was a starter in Atlanta. I I, I like Dion Buchanan. I think he's going to wind up being picked up somewhere. He'll probably wind up as a starter somewhere, and he'll probably wind up being successful. Um, the Buccaneers do have a loaded linebacker crew, so it's kind of a good move for them, saving some cap space. But uh, Buchanan goes out the door there. Not a huge hit for him because, like I said, he had some limited playing time. But uh, he'll catch on somewhere else, I'm sure, um, and, and he's going to be very successful. Um, we had a trade here. We had uh, the Bills trading wide receiver Zay Jones to the Raiders for an undisclosed 2021 draft pick. Um, Zay Jones is a good receiver. Uh, the Bills have been getting it done, um, so I'm, I'm surprised that they were willing to send anybody out the door. Zay Jones, has he's, he's a younger guy. He's got you know a lot of tread on the tires there. He's got good hands. He's kind of more of a vertical threat than anything else. I like Zay Jones. I'm surprised that they, they're sending him out the door. I know he wasn't necessarily a major focal point of their offense, but um, you know the Raiders could use him, and uh, it gives them a little more star power on the, the receiving front, and um, you know, Tyrell Williams is supposed to be their big receiver, and the, the Raiders are kind of strange in that they've been getting a lot of production from strange places um, over the course of the last several weeks, and and now we're we're looking at the the Raiders trying to make moves to to bring in at least some degree of star power um, in there. I mean, you know, we we've had a lot of lot of different you know a lot of different uh, receiving looks. Um, for them, you know, you, you have Foster Morrow one week, and then you have Darren Waller one week having a big game, and then, you know, you have 
you know, Tyrell Williams one week having a big game, and then one week it, it, it goes all around. So, I mean, I want to see uh, if Zay Jones is going to be that that um, positive impact player that I think he can be. Um, I, I I don't know how well he's going to mesh with with Derek Carr. It, and we always see these trades partial part of the way into the season where you know people get excited about him and good wahoo. But same time, they've got a lot of stuff to learn, um, you know, in a short period of time. And a lot of times, those those new players are not as successful as they should be. I mean, we've we've seen that several times. Uh, we saw it with Golden Tate last year getting traded to the Eagles just before the trade deadline, and really he had what a touchdown. I mean, that's it, it. You can't get a guy in the middle of the season and hope that they're gonna, you know, explode. So it doesn't happen very often. So Zay Jones going to the Raiders. I don't know how impactful he'll be, but let's hope for the best. Um, we got some news out of the <clears throat> out of both the 49er and the Rams front. These teams both set to take each other on interdivisional matchup. 49ers currently sitting at four and zero. The Rams are currently sitting at three and two. The the Rams. Um, they have uh, several players that are are listed as doubtful and or out. You got but the big notable ones, Todd Gurley, he's listed as doubtful uh, with that quad injury versus the Niners. You also have Akeem Talib, he's out with a rib injury. Um, so and and that's a those are two high end players. Those are two impact players. That's got to sting if you're the Rams going into a game against a red hot 49ers team. Uh, Todd Gurley, we know he's gotten you know arthritis in his knees and whatnot. Um, I don't know how much longer Todd Gurley is going to last in the league. We know Aqib Tlaib is a shutdown corner, though. And when he came back late last season, he actually played incredibly well. I was very impressed with Aqib Tlaib. And, um, you know, this is that's a tough one for, for the Rams to not have in their lineup, especially when you're going to be taking on a team that is right now as high-powered as the uh, 49ers is. So uh, we're, we're going to see just how impactful that's going to wind up being in this upcoming week. And on the 49ers side, they've got some trouble in paradise there. First of all, Kyle Juszczyk, he's out for four to six weeks with an MCL sprain. Um, on top of that, you got right tackle Mike McGlinchey out for four to six weeks with a knee injury. Um, the Niners going into this game with the Rams, the, the big thing about the Rams is what? That they have Aaron Donald. You know, that's that's always been the big thing about the Rams. Oh, we have Aaron Donald. So with the Rams having Aaron Donald, and you have your starting right tackle out, there's some trouble there. Not to mention you got your, your lead blocker out. Aaron Donald is, is a big boy. He likes to sack the quarterback, but he also can make plays in the run. You're basically taking out a damn good run blocker in, in use check. Um, you, you're in, uh, in trouble there if you're the Niners, and you got to find a way to neutralize uh, Aaron Donald in this uh, game. So they're going to be out without two key players in that offense. So we'll see how effective they can be when they're taking on uh, a strong pass rush like the Rams, which that's what the the Rams don't have much as far as defense goes, but their pass rush is is something really incredible. So uh, we'll we'll get into that um, when that when that game comes around. Now uh, we also have a a large injury in the Packers front. Devontae Adams he'll be he's unsure of when the next time he's going to play. He's got turf toe right now. Um, he is going to be out. I, we're going to see how badly this hurts Aaron Rodgers. Um, for my Vikings' sake, I hope he's out for a long time. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, Devontae Adams is a huge part of that offense. Uh, big vertical threat. He's a big guy. He's got good hands. He's emerged as a number one receiver in this league. He's emerged as one of the top five receivers in this league, in my opinion. Devontae Adams could be... Uh, um, 
you know, a huge loss for the Packers if if uh, Valdez Scantling and um, uh, you know, those uh, Geronimo Allison, guys like that, don't step up. So Devontae Adams will be out with a turf toe injury, but and he's he's not sure when the next time he's going to play, which is terrifying if you're the Packers. Um, speaking of uh, wide receivers being out, wide receiver James Washington for the Steelers, he's out for a few weeks with a shoulder injury. Um, that's a big hit. He takes a lot of pressure off of Juju Smith-Schuster. He opens some stuff up for, for Mason Rudolph and company. Um, and, and here we are. Uh, James Washington is now out with a shoulder injury. They're not sure how long he's going to be out, but it's looking like it's going to be a few weeks. Um, and, and that's going to be kind of a bigger loss for the uh, Steelers. Um, he's, he's a damn good receiver. He's good over the middle. He can, he can catch the, the ball vertically. Um, he's a good complement to Smith Schuster. So we'll see if the, um, if he can get back on the field quickly enough. Now, a guy that is a former Steeler that, uh, hasn't, you know, been having some uh, a recent string of good luck is is Mike Pouncey. He's going to have season-ending neck surgery um, with the when he's with the Chargers. Chargers signed Ryan Gray to replace him. Um, yeah, this that's a huge loss for the Chargers, especially a team that's been struggling. Philip Rivers hasn't been uh, delivering the ball as effectively as Philip Rivers does. I'm assuming because he doesn't have the coverage or the I'm sorry the pass protection that he needs. And and really, I, I mean. Pouncey's a huge, great player. I mean, he's he's a tremendous player. Um, so to lose him for the entire season, for especially for something like neck surgery, um, that's got to be painful. We got to see if he can make a comeback from that. Um, now that he's out there having neck surgery, uh, a lot of guys don't come back from that. A lot of guys uh, wind up in deep trouble in that situation. So uh, we wind up now wondering what's going to happen with with Pouncey there. Um, next up, you got Alvin Kamara. He's questionable versus the Jags with an ankle injury. Um, it's kind of a blow to the the Saints. Um, they're taking on the very good Jags defense. The, the Jags defense is is always something to behold. Um, the Saints, I, I think they'll be able to get it done anyway, to be honest with you. But uh, Alvin Kamara is uh, questionable right now with that injury. Uh, Sam Darnold, though, is expected to return for the Jets on Sunday versus the Cowboys. He'll wear special pads to protect his spleen after he had mono for the last several weeks. So he'll finally be making his return. Um, <clears throat> that's good news for the Jets because the Jets have been absolutely abysmal with Luke Falk as their starter. And obviously they had Trevor Simeon before that, I believe. So um, it's been a, a tough go for the Jets. Hopefully they can get out there and pick up a, a W. Um, but it's against the Cowboys, so I doubt it. Um, next up, you got the Broncos. They sign Andy Janovich to a three-year, $5.7 million extension. Um, I like this signing. I think it's great. The Broncos have already been, have always been a good power run type of team. They like running the football. They like running it effectively. Um, obviously, they're focusing in on the run because they, they have Joe Flacco, who isn't that good of a quarterback. Um, Tyler is always just on his knees with his mouth full all about Joe Flacco, but you know what? At the end of the day, Joe Flacco was never that good, and um, <clears throat> now they've got a good blocking fullback. I like this signing. It was a great move for the Broncos, and uh, they'll continue to uh, be able to run the football effectively, hopefully, with that uh, big body in front of their running back. And last but not least, the Titans went out and released Cairo Santos. They signed Cody Parkey. Um, Parkey's not a bad kicker. Um, he kind of got himself into some, some mess because of the old double doink situation from last year. Uh, how often is a kicker going to go out and, and really post like that? I, I mean, I, I doubt it's going to happen again. 
Uh, Cody Parkey, um, he's a damn good kicker, and I think he's going to come out and do well in Tennessee. Tennessee has been notorious for having good special teams, um, so I'm surprised that they're having problems with their kicker right now, particularly Cairo Santos, because Santos is actually a pretty good kicker. Um, but they're, they're going to have Cody Parkey there, and I think he's going to do really well. I'm, I'm very confident in Cody Parkey. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've got one more thing to go through here. we got one more uh, thing to get through, and then that'll be it. This is a shorter episode, and so I'm... I apologize, but it's it's tough because, you know, I don't have that banter. Um, but uh, with that, let's go through our, our predictions. Uh, Tyler's got his predictions. I'm going to give you mine. So let's go through our predictions for this week in the NFL. Uh, first and foremost, you got the Patriots and the Giants. Um, we are recording today on a Saturday morning, so uh, I did go through and pick the Patriots in this situation. I don't think anybody in their right mind uh, wouldn't pick the Patriots. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with the, uh, the Patriots in this situation. Next up, you've got the Ravens and the Bengals. Um, the Bengals are, are you know, they're, they're so bad. They're just so bad. And, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to have to go with the Ravens here. I don't think that's even a question. Um, the, the, it's a no-brainer in this, in this situation. The Ravens are going to eat the Bengals alive. Um, things are going to get very ugly. I'm going with with the Ravens. Uh, next up, you got the Seahawks and the Browns. The Browns had, uh, and I, you know what? I told you this at the beginning of the season. I'm going to tell you it again. The Browns are the second coming of Super Team. They've proven it. I'm going with the Seahawks here. Seahawks are red hot. Russell Wilson is very good. They're going to tear the Browns up. I'm going with the Seahawks on this one. Um, next up, you got the Saints and the Jags. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints in this situation. Um, Garner Minshew, I like him a lot. I like what DJ Chark did last week, but the Saints defense is actually very, very good this year. And on top of it all, Teddy Bridgewater has seemed to have found his stride. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints here. Um, I, I, I just, the Jags, I don't think are going to be able to, to handle that offense of the, uh, the Saints and, and honestly the defense either. The defense has been incredibly good this year. Uh, next up, you've got um, the Redskins and the Dolphins. Uh, kind of a toilet bowl one. I'm going with the Skins on this one. I, I don't think the Dolphins have enough to uh, get the job done. I, I think that the, the Redskins are going to be um, they're going to be bad, but they're not going to be as bad as the Dolphins. I'm going with the Redskins on this one. The quarterback situation is tough, but I think Case Keenum has enough behind him to get that situation handled, um, especially against the Dolphins. Uh, next up, you got the Chiefs and the Texans. Kind of a tough one. Uh, a lot of people predicting the Chiefs to have a bounce-back kind of game. I'm going with the Texans on this one. I'm going to go uh, against it. Tyler went up and, and took the Chiefs. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and take the Texans um, and, and go against the grain here. Uh, Texans over Chiefs. They're coming off the hot game against Atlanta. The Chiefs don't have as good of a defense as Atlanta. Uh, well, I, I think the Falcons and Chiefs both have kind of the same defense, where it's just rougher on the edges, rather. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to take the, uh, the Texans in this one. They're going to get hot. Uh, next up, you've got the Falcons and the Cardinals. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Falcons in this situation. Uh, Tyler is also going with the Falcons. Um, Falcons, uh, you know, they, they're bad. They came off that bad situation against Houston, but at the same time, I don't think any – there's very few teams that are as bad as the Cardinals or worse. Falcons are not one of those teams. I think the Falcons go ahead and light up the Cardinals this week and uh, just brutalize them and, uh, you know, kind of have a bounce-back game. 
Uh, next up, you've got the Eagles and the Vikings. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Vikings. Tyler's going with the Eagles. I know the Vikings, they, they have a tendency to burn me in these types of situations, these close games. Eagles are really good, but um, <clears throat> I think and uh, the Eagles defense has been playing at a high level, but I think I'm going to go ahead and go with the Vikings in this situation. I think the Vikings are just going to eat them up. Um, I think that defense is going to play very well. Um, and Kirk Cousins showed some signs of life last week. It's going to be a close one, but I'm going to go ahead and take the shot in the dark. I'm going with the Vikings on this one. Um, <clears throat> next up, you got the Niners in the Rams. Uh, Tyler took the Niners. I'm taking the Rams. Uh, I, I like the Niners, but the Niners haven't played anybody really tremendously good. Um, if you look at their schedule, they haven't played any any like monster teams yet. I'm going with the Rams. I think the Rams have a bounce back week. They're going to tear the Niners up. I'm going with the Rams in this situation. Um, next up, you got the Broncos and the Titans. Tyler takes the Broncos. I'm going with the Titans in this one. I think uh, Marcus Mariota is going to wind up uh, pounding the Broncos, and I think Derrick Henry is going to have himself a big game. Broncos have a lot of old-timers on that team now. I don't think their offense is up to snuff. I'm going with the Titans on this one. Um, I think they're going to beat the, uh, the Broncos there. Um, up next, you got the Cowboys and the Jets. <clears throat> this one's a no-brainer. I'm going with the Jets, even with Sam Darnold coming back. I don't give a crap what Sam Darnold does. Um, I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, I think that's that's just got to happen. The Jets are, are just not a, a winning team. Uh, next up, you got the Steelers and the Chargers. Um, you know, Tyler goes with the Chargers. I think I'm going to roll with that as well. Um, if there is a game that the Steelers could win in this situation, this would probably be it. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, the uh, Chargers in this situation. I don't think the Steelers um, have enough uh, luck for for uh, Mason Rudolph to get this one done. And last but not least, Monday Night Football, the Lions and the Packers. Um, this one is actually going to be a lot closer than a lot of people believe. Um, I, I think the Lions showed that they are a real deal kind of team against the Chiefs. Now coming off the bye, we're going to see if they are the real deal team. A lot of teams come off the bye and they come back soft. Uh, Packers are hot right now. Um, one big thing for the Packers, though, is they're going to be without Devontae Adams. I want to see if the, they're still going to be able to continue getting it done against a Lions defense who's proven to be very, very good. Uh, I believe that this one is going to be the Packers, however, winning this game. Um, if the Lions do win this game, I'll be surprised. But um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Packers in this situation. And uh, that is all for your scores. Or, I'm sorry, for your uh, your predictions <laughs> for week six in the NFL. And uh, Tyler says he'll be back next week. Um, like I said, he was kind of on a work vacay. But uh, that's all right. We'll, we'll be able to um, continue this uh, gravy train. Um, Tyler sent over his, his predictions, and uh, now he'll be back, like I said, next week. We don't have a uh, full um, our records yet for the predictions deal, but that's how it's going to go. Um, I just want to give a couple of shout-outs before we hop off the air here. I want to give a shout-out to Rhonda Monette at uh, Gold Star Mortgage. Uh, she helped me out big time over there getting a house this past week. I bought my first house. Pretty excited about that. I uh, wanted to give a big shout-out to uh, Craig Hickey. Craig is my realtor. He's the best realtor around. Um, lots of love to Craig and getting us in that house, getting us moving. Uh, we're set to move into that house in the next couple of weeks here, so I'm stoked about that. Also wanted to give you a shout-out to It's Your Time Massage. They are one of our sponsors, It's Your Time Massage. Absolutely awesome. Amanda's a tremendous massage therapist. I highly recommend her. I highly recommend that business. Anybody who wants to get a good professional massage, that's a place to go. She's the best massage therapist around. And uh, last but not least, big shout out to Alex Steele, Cannonball. 
Um, homeboy giving us those uh, outside blitz uh, sports breaks. I love them. Um, and Alex will be continuing those moving forward. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to hop on off here, and we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.